passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to our post-daily news update for Friday, December the 10th. I am John Pollock, joined as always by Wei Ting and a very special guest. You know him from the British Wrestling Experience and Grapple Spotlight. Benno is here with us. Hello, Benno. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Rocking my post hat. Proud to uh, to be part of the brand. You know, it feels like a call-up from uh, NXT UK, this, to uh, to main roster. Uh, maybe I should shave the beard if that's what we're going for. But no, oh, yeah. you. Yeah, maybe Way can update your name. Maybe we will give him um, what, what is a... Uh... What is a, a ridiculous name that we well, can uh, trademark? I mean, we can't even take away a last name. You simply go by Benno, so you're already a fit. See, when I did wrestle, my name was Easy Ernie Benson, so you can't get worse than that. So, yeah, <laughs> doing all right. Well, I thought no better person to have on going into this weekend because I think a lot of attention will be on uh, Ring of Honor, which we will get to in a couple of minutes, but uh, a couple of news items to go over first. And just to kind of put a, a bow on things with uh, the Jeff Hardy release, I just want to ask you, Benno, just uh, some of your overall thoughts. And uh, one one detail to add to that that was in today's uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter is that there is a 90-day no-compete clause for Jeff Hardy. So, you know, obviously this is a, this is a very uh, sad story involving Jeff mm-hmm. Hardy. But what what was kind of your, your thinking on this release and – and where Jeff Hardy goes from now, he's he's 44 years old, and I really don't doubt that there is going to be demand from outside companies to use Jeff Hardy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all in all, it's a sad story, and obviously it's reoccurred over time, which will happen, you know, with addiction and, and issues like this. I think with with Jeff, it's, you know, it's kind of been something that's been part of his character as well. Obviously, them using it as part of, you know, storylines as recently as this year, that doesn't sit well, but, you know, part of addiction also is, you know, accepting or not accepting help you know depending on your state of mind at the time and if he's not accepted help i can you know in some ways understand you know wwe cutting ties with them just mainly just hope but yeah he's um you know gets himself together and you know can recover as he has in the past um as far as future goes i think you know you, the obvious speculation is to team back up with matt at some point i think I'd much rather see a reformed Hardy Boys in in AW than whatever Matt Hardy is doing, but I think that's going to be some time down the line, and there's going to have to be some kind of rehab and recovery period before I suppose we can even get into that conversation, really. Yeah, and that's kind of where I am as well. Way it's like not so much looking at his his wrestling future; it's looking at his mm. his personal future. Oh, completely. Yeah, you know, we we kind of spoke about it yesterday when the news just broke. But um, I think everybody, longtime wrestling fans, have kind of been through this before. And you know, especially at this age with the family that he has, um, we 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 love seeing him do well on screen. But I think it's more important for all of us to know that he's doing well off screen. And if it means mm-hmm. no longer being a part of the business, um, I, I I think we we'd all it'd be unfortunate, but we'd absolutely accept it. 
Well, we will uh, obviously continue to monitor that story. Let's get into the uh, the AEW Dynamite numbers from Wednesday night. They did 872,000 viewers, 426,000 in the 18 to 49 demo. So showing a small increase over the, the prior week, uh, finishing fifth on cable. Uh, there were a pair of NBA games going on, one of which was uh, head-to-head with, with Dynamite and... I mean, this was the show largely built around MJF's homecoming and kicking off with with Punk and MJF once again. Uh, Benno, what would you uh, kind of assess kind of your thoughts on the momentum of Dynamite at the moment? And since they have come off, you know, some some lower numbers, more so on the Rampage side that, than Dynamite. But how would you mm. kind of assess sort of like the uh, the overall trajectory of the show as they're closing out the year? Yeah, that's the thing. My my take on it has been, you know, don't panic. There's the West Coast issue, obviously. You know, that's a that's a big factor. Um, you know, generally speaking, the demo is still within the range of you know what would be a good number um, for their position on TNT. But you know, over you can't help but look at you know their overall number and just kind of think, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. Even with the West Coast factored in, you know, last week especially, you know, it felt like there was a bit of a downward swing happening and it was hard to kind of, you know, even with the new normal, as Brandon has talked about, you know, last week was particularly low. This week, it's good to see it bounce back a little bit. But yeah, it does seem like, yeah, interest is down a little bit. I mean, it, you can't help but look at those Rampage numbers as it settles into to being a B show and be a little bit, you know, kind of concerned about that. Um, like I say, I'm sure Tony Khan's not panicking. I think overall, the product has been good you know there are for me there are still compelling storylines happening there are still reasons to tune in i think the strength of that punk and mjf first half hour really shows um you know that there is you know interest in at least some of the stories going on in aw right now and yeah it just feels like a bit of a storm they've got to ride with no obvious answer really for exactly why we are in this 800 to 900 range as, a, as an overall uh, viewership mm-hmm um, on that note, they were they were equal with Raw in males eighteen yep. to forty nine. So that was an interesting stat. This was uh, not a great week uh, for Raw, um, and that will uh, take us into Rampage that we will discuss the uh, the lineup for a little later on. But Wade, do you sense like a bit uh, like next week? Are you do you have high expectations for the Danielson Hangman Page match? Just in terms of uh, of attracting a, an audience above what these kind of three weeks have been, or do you think that this we should maybe measure expectations? I I, I really do think like with a major pr- promoted show and really like a, a pay per view level main event in Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson. I think if if we don't see at least oh man some somewhere in the nine hundred range, um, I think it would be a disappointment. You know, winter is coming at this point. Is is very I would say a bit of a brand name show. For, for the company and to me this is you know at least as part of this drought the first time that they've really promoted something with a uh, some name value attached to it so i i think anything less than nine hundred thousand to me would be a disappointment uh sean ross sap at fightful select noted that johnny gargano is officially a free agent he had signed that one week extension uh which is now up and i mean many many headlines you can go with from Gargano escape to Johnny Gargan. Oh, but I've seen those. Ben, oh, have, have, have I not even been able to tap into anything original here? Unfortunate. Uh, Benno, what, what do you look at for the future of Johnny Gargano with the knowledge that, you know, he, he, uh, Candice LeRae is set to give birth in a couple of months. Uh, do you expect uh, an immediate landing spot? And do you peg a ultimate return to WWE in the likelihood category? 
Yeah, I don't know why, but I've just got a feeling he he stays within the WWE system. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly, he's gone as far as I'm concerned. I think AEW have already set things up for him for a perfect landing spot. Gargano, if if AEW wasn't so busy with so many new signings recently and you know so much going on, I think that they'd have more of an appetite for him. I think there'd probably at least be some interest there. But there's just something about Johnny Gargano that just feels like he's a he's a bit of a WWE lifer. And you know whether it's continuing to doing something NXT 2.0, I can't really see main roster you know having much of an appetite for a wrestler of his size unless he goes down you know the uh, the alleged adam cole route of, of being a manager or something but just something about him feels like it's not going to be the time for him to, to to jump to AEW. i just don't see that move happening right now whereas like i say with with kyle o'reilly it just feels more of a, a natural fit right now but that could just be my bias i'm not a huge johnny gargano fan he's not someone i'm desperate to see in AEW because of some of his nxt output but yeah i've just got a strange feeling about that one what are the what are the hands telling Johnny right now, Way? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I I love to have an interview with the hands, so uh, we can maybe find out. You know, I, I I the thing is though, Benno, like if he is ultimately going to stick with the WWE, why would he not sign right now? You know, do you yeah, see true. the WWE getting him any better of an offer with a few several month delay? You know, he could mm. be collecting a paycheck right now, staying active up until the birth of his child. Um, Something tells me he's he's at least going to, you know, not just field offers, but really try his hand in, in, in other promotions, if not AEW. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it's like he's free to go wherever he wants now. I mean, it could be quick. It could be prolonged. I mean, you know, it's it's just mentally. What what does he want at the moment? It would seem that he is going to have going to have options. And that's that's something as we look at Benno with this in incredible list of free agents that are out there not all of them are going to have these options but i i would think that a gargano and kyle o'reilly um th- they would be at the top of my list if, if i was an AEW of looking at not just the talent involved but i think it's also kind of a statement at the end of this whole mm. battle back and forth like that is really something that you have all the key pieces on the board of your opposition that are have now come over like it is a very clear sea change of the nxt that went into this battle and the nxt in the aftermath that is a key point i think if you're somebody who was invested in you know black and gold nxt and saw it as the genuine future of wrestling my god do you feel silly now for putting all that investment in because it kind of has has not came to much and if you are aw yeah do you want to bring those people over do you want to you know baby face yourself and be the company that that, you know keeps kind of that legacy going and wins that war and also you know we're not talking hundreds of thousands millions of people but wins some of those nxt diehards over so maybe yeah you know and it could be a case of you know if gargano maybe on the way could take his time see how things are looking in in the new year and maybe you know, things clear up for AEW as well, where it's like, oh, actually, there is a, a clear pathway for him and there is a bit more, you know, maybe February, March time. Maybe that's a good time to, to bring some of the like, Gargano in. Uh, we'll also uh, throw it out to the, the chat room. If you want to throw in your super chats, we will take those before the end of the show. Uh, but we're going to move on now to Ring of Honor, which was one of the uh, the key reasons we want to have Benno on. We're going into final battle weekend. And uh, it's it's been the... The battle to get to this card that was dealt a blow on Thursday with the loss of Bandito, their ROH champion, uh, who had a positive COVID test. Now, he had had COVID in the past, so uh, 
had a positive test this week, cannot go to the show. And as of this recording, they have not announced any updates uh, for that match where he was set to defend against Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Benno, as you look at this show, I don't know if there's any one match that people are necessarily buying this show for. I think a lot of it are, what is this show going to be? Because it's it feels like the public is treating it as this goodbye which is tricky for ROH, which is not technically making this a farewell show, although they are marketing it as end of an Mm. era, but it's almost like, well, this is goodbye, but hey, we're coming back next year, so we're not done. It's a very difficult show to navigate and to book. Do you go just in the full direction of this is the end and maximum drama, or do you couple it with, hey, we've got a book accordingly of who's coming back and where we're going to be by... April of next year. It's it's a very odd show that I think does have mm. that that nostalgic interest uh, of this being a a noteworthy show that people do want to watch live. Definitely, yeah. And I think you know, it's like the official line is you know, Ring of Honor is going to come back. You know, WrestleMania weekend, Supercard of Honor. For all of the just the mood there, you know, you hear any interview with any of the exit and Ring of Honor talent or staff, and they do all sound like nope this is really the end. It's almost like it's it's done with a bit of a, a wink, um, this show. And it sounds like this news was like a body blow to them. Um, yeah. That just, this really hit everybody. And and now you can kind of do like the autopsy on ROH of like, how did we get to this place? Um, but it, mm. it, it's a tough show. Like it's it's going to be, I, I think it's very a very tough show to, to navigate. And at the best, you can just hope that some of this talent will be coming back. Mm. But this is going to be a completely different company, no contracts, and you know, show to show. Like you don't know who's going to be coming back. No, that's it. It's going to be you know an indie. That's basically what it's what it, it sounds like. It's going to look like if it does come back. But yeah, I mean, on the on this show, like for me, I would lean more into the you know the ROH nostalgia. I'd have Special K on the show if it was me. I'd the uh, you know Tony Khan was on on Busted Open today, kind of talking that he's going to lend his support to Ring of Honor. We'll see see what that actually means. I, I mean, you know, Bandido being out says to me, you need a you need a big main event. Can you get Brian Danielson? Can you get Christopher Daniels? Can you get Loki? I'd be I'd be reeling off all of this. Classic and I would want to advertise that ahead of time i would not want that to be a surprise if i'm ring of honor that's true yeah you want to get that word out maybe in the next uh next 24 hours or so but yeah i would have leaned more into that i think this just feels like a it's like a ring of honor card like a modern ring of honor card where they're getting everybody on the card there's a lot of matches there a lot of talent featured here but you know maybe it's a case of we'll get a bit of that nostalgia and you know segments and run-ins and that type of thing to really honor the you know the wealth of history that this promotion has got um but yeah right now it's just a, it's a bit of a weird show i think the interest is there i think just out of a novelty factor i think people are people are into this just the fact that it is potentially the, the final ring of honor show um but the, the card itself i can't say is that particularly exciting realistically who could you guys see filling that spot in the main event i mean mm-hmm. again like you look at you know the the kind of uh, cryptic message there for, from Tony Khan. I mean, if he's willing, I, I would imagine that your best case scenario would be kind of your, your mid tier uh, AEW performer. I, I think expecting a punk or a Danielson is probably setting your expectations a little too high. Um, you know, t- to be honest, like from, from a storyline perspective, it makes a lot of sense that a Jay Lethal would come back and face Jonathan Gresham in that match. I think that's mm-hmm. probably realistically, guys, the, the best you could hope for. Unless you could, you know, at Daniels, I'm sure like he just did the New Japan Strong tapings last night. I I don't think that would be 
out of the realm of a possibility, but I, I think you have to be realistic here of what um, what the most you could anticipate on short notice uh, with the help of an AEW. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm guessing Jay Lethal. Like, he seems like somebody who, I mean, you know, Brian Danielson. I, I don't know if you want to have him lose, and he, you know, whoever is in this position will likely be losing to Jonathan Gresham, and and you probably don't want to do that ahead of winter is coming. Like to me, Jay Lethal seems like somebody who would be expendable. It's a, it, it, there's there's meaning behind the story, and also the meaning just simply behind him being a figure in ROH. So, and we'll yeah. also of course see what other appearances we may get from you know perhaps the likes of Punk and Danielson. It could be a yeah. show that if you just like fantasy booked it, Benno, like you could do a lot of cool things just with like video messages. And and I hope that there is that like nod to the past. Like I hope Gabe Sapolsky's name is mentioned on this broadcast, at least mentioned. Um, <clears throat> lean into that history. That to me has always been the greatest asset of Ring of Honor is its history, its tape library. It's like that's such a huge nostalgic uh, part of this company that I, I think people want to see them lean into more of that on this show. Definitely, yeah. That's been a problem. You know, they've had that tape library for so long and they've never really properly monetized it. And like you say, never properly utilized that history. They did have that show that was tentatively booked, didn't they, before the pandemic, where it was going to be right. like a retro ROH show featuring, you know, your John Walters types and people like that. Maybe we'll get some names like that um, over this show. But yeah, I, I do think, you know, it's kind of now or never for that. If this was a company going forward that we were expecting more shows from, you know, Shane Taylor's making noise on social media about wanting to be in that title match. Maybe they'll go with, you know, somebody homegrown like that but yeah i would definitely like to see even if it is a jay lethal or or somebody at that level um those types of guys um turning up on the show this weekend if you could go back to three years ago because final battle of 2018 it was you know not not the same circumstances as this but it was a major shift with the with the outgoing talent aew would be formed weeks later and that was a critical crossroads for for Ring of Honor of what promotion are we going to be? All in is in the rear view. The the Bucks are gone. Cody is leaving. Hangman's leaving. The SCU are gone. But like, what do you see ROH? Like, what could have been done with 2019 and specifically that Madison Square Garden show? That I think that will be a period that is often looked back on as how ROH navigated 2019 when the industry mm-hmm. greatly changed and ROH's place in that landscape was, was changing after their most successful year ever in 2018. Yeah, I think they, they kind of got squeezed out just by factor of, yeah, not, I think it was that lack of ambition, really. And, you know, they, you can understand, you know, the business decision behind, you know, we are a TV show, you know, that's made for, you know, by a network. It's, it is entirely just content for almost content's sake. We run a, you know, a, a mother of profit. You know, they never really wanted to step out of their lane. They never had, you know, matched the ambition of a Kenny or the books or what AEW ended up doing. And that worked for a time. But yeah, as we saw, AEW kind of stepped in and became, you know, the, the alternative to WWE that, that Ring of Honor could have been with that extra bit of ambition and that extra push. And as AEW got bigger, it just kind of ROH really became it became t- impact. It became, you know, that level of company. It became, you know, not quite the, you know, the, the level of MLW, but it kind of got lost in that mix of, you know, mid-tier promotions where, you know, what was the, the compelling reason to, to follow and watch and, and feel like you were part of something with them. And yeah, they did really fall behind. So it was kind of hard for them to really, yeah, establish any kind of identity these last couple of years and give you a reason, you know, to, tu- to tune into them and give you a reason to, to get behind them. I don't think... You know, as we, we, we can say that there are wrestlers there for, you know, a third, you know, major company. 
but is the fan interest, you know, AEW is, has been galvanized as the big alternative to WWE, you know, could the third, you know, big company if ROH made that push, you know, in these last couple of years, would the fans have supported it? And it just felt like it was too late for that to happen, really. I think they, the horse had bolted and their, their, you know, the possibility of them being something more than they were was that 2017, 2018 period. And they, they just didn't capitalize. And I think this was inevitable, to be honest, whether it was this year after the pandemic or, or in the next couple of years. And that's the other thing, Way. I think the, the, the pandemic carries a lot of weight in this whole discussion that you could argue uh, of the North American companies, there, there was nobody taking more precautions than ROH, but that came at a, a literal cost, a significant one for the company to undertake. They took care of everybody in the company, um, but I mean, you had, you had no sizable money coming in on the other hand and while their tv i mean they got through that that period where their tv i didn't think they suffered as much with the empty arenas but i'll say watching now it's a lot tougher watch when you're seeing all the other companies that have brought fans back and roh are still doing these empty arenas and i'm not going to criticize being you know extra cautious but at the same time like this pandemic it's it's done a number on roh uh, which is unfortunate. Like they, they took care of a lot of people when others did not to the same degree. Uh, but here they are at the end of it. No, they should actually absolutely number one be commended. Hopefully, you know, uh, when we do the retrospectives of the empty arena era, um, I hope Ring of Honor is is commended for. I think you know how how careful they've been throughout this whole thing, uh, more so than I don't know maybe any promotion or in the world. Uh, unfortunately, it came at a price, but more important than that, I mean, it's it's the pandemic that I think ultimately has affected uh, Sinclair's business, you know, and involving many other sporting properties as well. Um, so uh, ultimately, it comes down to that, you know, how much money is is not just your your company making, but also the the actual owners of the company. How how are they doing? And uh, unfortunately, Sinclair is not, you know, in great financial shape right now, and and something had to to go and. It looks like at the in the meantime, it's the, a full time Ring of Honor. Uh, just as we wrap it up here, Benno, on the ROH front, uh, when you're looking at, you mentioned Shane Taylor. Are there a couple of names that you're most intrigued to see where where they land? I mean, who kind of jumps out? Because again, it's a very crowded field of free agents, and sadly, a lot of these free agents are not going to find full time homes. Yeah, definitely. I think our, our immediate reaction anytime someone's a free agent now is AW. And, you know, there's only so many spots on, on that roster. You know, I look at a Shane Taylor and I wonder, you know, could you reteam him up with Keith Lee, bring Keith Lee into AEW that way? Right. You know, um, they, they can always do with more tag teams in AEW. I think that would be that would be a strong use of him. Jonathan Gresham, you know, clearly stands out as probably the, the best wrestler in, in this company the wrestler you most want to see, you know, in, in other places, maybe a more prominent spot in, in New Japan. You know, if uh, we can start getting wrestlers going over to Japan again, I think that would that would be a good landing spot for him. Uh, the Briscoes are big, you know, they've been ROH lifers, you know, and they've, you know, you know, due to their own actions and due to other reasons, they've, you know, pretty much just stayed within that wrong ring of honor bubble. But how exciting was it seeing them just do, you know, these odd GCW bookings and seeing them in with a fresh coat of paint in a different environment. If they turned up to AW, there you go. There's another tag team that can give you something exciting. So they feel like, like the main players to me, um, you know, maybe a bandido as well and, you know, see where he lands. But yeah, there's only, you know, limited with ROH going as well. There's only limited spots out there and limited companies out there. So yeah, not everybody is going to, is going to land on the feet, but to me, they feel like the cream of the crop. 
What what is more likely to get Benno on an airplane to travel for pro wrestling? It is is it a, a big AEW show or GCW booking Kevin Nash in January for Detroit? <laughs> You know, I'm tempted by that. Just just to see Kevin Nash drinking a drinking a wine while somebody gets a powerbomb through a, a flaming table in front of him. It just sounds like a great time, doesn't it? That that, that is a partnership I didn't know I wanted to see until it was announced. And I I am all of a sudden that Detroit show sounds so appealing with the addition of oh, yeah. Kevin Nash doing whatever. Like he could just come out and drink wine on commentary for three hours, and I think uh, people will get uh, a kick yeah. out of it. You've got to do something with him and Alex Shelley. I think Paparazzi Productions needs to do a, a reunion for that show. I think that's what the people want. I mean, GCW so. is a land of like where anything goes. So um, in many ways, it is perfect. Look at this poster. Like, it's just look at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just should be real. Like, hey, G- like GCW, I mean, they, they have tapped into something. And, and I don't know if there's a company that has their pulse on the hardcore wrestling fan more mm. than than this company and i think over this last year to 18 months like your success stories have been like on a, on a lower level like gcw and stardom that have come out of this bigger than they were before for, for different reasons but like when you can just put a poster out like this and the re it's not just kevin nash kevin nash does tons of appearances he does tons of indies but on a gcw show it jumps out at people of wow what is that going to look like and that's pretty much the mission statement of gcw hey what is that going to look like <laughs> that's it and i think that you know they had a, a tough pandemic like everyone and it felt like a lot of the the bloom was off the rose with gcw for a while but i think you know the likes of alex zane being available again you know lots of you know wwe releases have allowed them to beef up kind of their own talent roster and yeah, I think the thing the thing that GCW do well is they stay in the lane. You know, I don't think they've got any any you know ideal out there that they're going to become a TV promotion or they're going to be much bigger than they are. But they are a live touring promotion that, that finds you know new places to go to and finds bigger buildings to go to. And as you know, these big New York shows coming in January as well. And yeah, they they, they operate a really you know good place in the marketplace. I think as like a possibly even a number three in North America. You know, you could you could make that argument with their live attendance. But and you know the attention people pay to them and yeah it's a it's a lesson for you know other promotions of a similar size i mean feels like you know we all talk more about gcw now than we do even pwg you know that's that's how how good a job they've done them um, putting this together i i don't know if we'll ever get the, the figures um because fight pretty much keeps them pretty close to the vest but i would venture to guess mm. that that hammerstein show is going to outdo the impact pay-per-view next month i think that's a pretty safe bet to make yeah um uh, it's certainly in terms of buzz um a lot more for that one okay so last thing here smackdown tonight they're at the soon-to-be crypto.com arena in los angeles uh wrestle ticks noting over 9400 tickets out so very strong advance for smackdown uh brock lesnar has been advertised uh we've got the addition of randy orton and riddle for whatever reason uh in a triple threat match with the usos against king woods and kofi kingston non-title match between charlotte flair and tony storm and they are promoting naomi and sonia deville and of course this show was to feature jeff hardy and happy corbin before the news of hardy's release and i wonder if that is at all connected to uh just at the last minute adding orton and riddle here as a make good after they're not delivering uh, one, one of the higher baby faces on the show that this that one had to do with the other wouldn't surprise me if that was the case you know um it's not like wwe needs much reason to put uh members of another brain on their show um 
Uh, I'd like to see what what excuse they do come up with. Um, but you know, it's it's something for the audience. It's something to maybe take the headline attention away from a missing Jeff Hardy. And of course, we also can't forget the debut of Zia Lee tonight as well. That is right. That is right. Zia Lee's debut as well tonight. And then Rampage has uh, the tape show from Wednesday on Long Island. Lucha Brothers against FTR for the tag titles. Ruby Soho, Ty Conti, and Anna Jay against Nyla Rose, The Bunny, and Penelope Ford. Adam Cole against Wheeler, Utah. And Fuego Del Sol against the man that will get in right at the end as we get ready for the year-end list, the debut of Hook. Dunno. <laughs> Come on. Just look, 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 look at that, look look at that render right there. <laughs> Them shorts. Like he's just he's 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 a he's a little I'm, I'm happy to say he's a lovely looking boy. And um <laughs> Tad should be very proud of his son. I think he, this is this is the story of the weekend, this that, that Hook is making his uh, his wrestling debut. They have they have sent Hook finally and we're gonna get to see uh, what he's got to offer. I've already um, spoiled myself by watching a little bit of the uh, the fan cam footage that's uh, that's come on t- on Twitter. I don't think it's a big spoiler to say he comes out to bit positive reviews from the, the people I have heard yeah. from that, that it's Sounds like, you know, had a very good accounting of himself. Oh, yeah. But Action Bronson, though, like, why is that Hook song? And why does it fit so perfectly? I love that. I'm just, yeah, I'm hyped for it. It's, it's a stacked rampage in general. But, yeah, if they, if they were worried about viewership these last few weeks, I think I think Hook's going to be the, uh, the solution. There. Man, if they get a bump, then it's going to be ratings Hook is going to be his uh, his <laughs> moniker coming out of this. So there you go. That's a free one for, for Taz and Hook. Uh, we can go to some Super Chats if you would like, Way, before we sign off here. Yeah, we just got one right here from Jake from the Windy City who sends a $5 Super Chat. Thank you very much, Jake, for that. He wants to ask us here, do you think these ROH titles will be enacted and vacated after Final Battle? Also, do you guys have a favorite ROH moment or match of all time? Let's throw it to Benno there. Oh, um, favorite match or moment of all time for ROH. It's always going to be, uh, it's on my background here, Joe versus Kabashi. Um, that is, uh, I'm always, I'll, I'll, I'll never miss an opportunity to brag that I was there live at that show. Um, oh, one of the uh, man, greatest wow. matches of, uh, of as you were, as you were, yeah, all three say. of us there for the, the famous six-man of Blood Generation and Doofixer in 06, which was – yeah. K- Kobashi and Joe would be my choice as well. Uh, but being there mm. for, for that six-man was uh, incredible. It was just uh, – I was in awe watching that match. Yeah, and, and, then see, and then much. seeing them like uh, – th- there was one of the members like just lining up with everyone to go to the washroom like shortly thereafter. Like he just has this <laughs> like unbelievable performance, and then he's like with the, with the public waiting to get to the urinal. Now I'm just gutted that didn't happen with Kenta Kabashi, but you know, it was still a good memory. <laughs> I would say on the title front, I think it's really going to depend. Like there, there's no guarantee of anyone you book to go over for these titles on Saturday. Like mm. four months is like, that's, that's an incredible amount of time that you just have no control over who's going to be back at best. You can hope, but you have no contracts. That's the game you're playing. That if you're a talent and you get a contract offer elsewhere, I mean, there's not going to be any sort of loyalty to a company that is going to be doing X amount of shows a year and none of them are guaranteed. It's it's a total risk. So I I, I can't imagine that there, there there is not going to be any kind of consistency and that's going to be a booking nightmare, but that's the way you're operating. And maybe they turn these tapings into self-contained, almost like, eight week chapters. And then we start on again for the next set, because we don't know what talent we'll have from taping to taping. It's going to totally change the creative direction of the company. 
Mm. Yeah. No, they're going to have to follow the model of, you know, other companies who aren't necessarily operating full time, but, you know, on a part time basis and, and what they might do with, with championships. I don't know if they have, you know, can work on many exclusives with some of these wrestlers that, are, you know, they're slated to bring back. But um, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But it's it's almost, you know, a side story here. You know, like we all know this is going to be sort of a more poetic end for for these championships and whatever happens when it happens uh will be a completely different company yeah that that's again i think that's the draw of the show more so than any one match or championship uh scenario my final question benno for this roh final battle card you will be sitting down at roughly two in the morning your time will this be tracksuit mandatory when you're <laughs> sitting down to watch this momentous show I wish I had it. My mate Chris and, uh, and Malta got it off me as a as a gift when I thought I was too cool to wear the Ring of Honor tracksuit anymore. I bet you that thing could have fetched some money on eBay as well. But uh, I'll I'll find I'll bust out my best uh, 2003 Ring of Honor t shirt, throw that on, and yeah, give the uh, give the lads the the proper send off they uh, they deserve. Um, it will genuinely be a sad moment. It's almost like you always thought Ring of Honor should always be around, even if it's not my Ring of Honor, even if it's not the Ring of Honor of even you know the mid tens. Uh, it was still there. It was still an ever present in wrestling so yeah i'm expecting it to be at a an emotional night and i'm yeah i'm sure there'll be a uh, plenty of uh, tears in a roh tracksuit wearing uh, fans all around the world I, I think it will be a very memorable show to to watch mm. it'll be a significant one regardless um mm. so you can all check out benno the latest edition of the british wrestling experience is up on the site at postwrestling.com with benno martin and andy ogden going over all the latest uk european news and better let everybody know where they can follow you and the Grapple Spotlight. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah, British Wrestling Experience out now. Uh, Grapple Spotlight, we record uh, every Monday night where we cover the world of wrestling. And yeah, this Monday we will be reviewing Final Battle as well as uh, Dynamite Rampage and uh, everything else going on. Um, and later tonight over on uh, our Patreon, uh, we'll be doing our, our normal weekend show. We'll be doing a, a, a even further preview of, uh, of Final Battle and uh, talking some more about the other day's news. So if you enjoyed that, get that at patreon.com slash grapple. And Way and I will not be live tonight. Instead, Way will be with Kate from Montreal live at 11.15 p.m. Eastern time as they will be going through Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage. So I look forward to listening, Way, on a Friday night. We're just going to call this the Hook Show. We'll spend all hour and a half talking about Hook, taking your phone calls about Hook, feedback about Hook, talking about Hook's future, just analyzing every second of this five-minute match or however long it goes tonight. Yes. Uh, I will be doing some tape study tonight because I'm joining Braden and Davey on their Patreon in the the not-too-distant future to review Home Alone. So that will be my homework tonight as I chat about uh, Kevin McAllister a.k.a. the CM Punk of Christmas movies, according to Tony Khan. So there you go. That is it for us. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And thank you very much to Benno for joining us today on a special edition of the Post Daily News Update.